Well, friends, if you have a copy of God's word, why don't you go to the book of Colossians chapter 3. We're actually going to finish uh, chapter 3 tonight, and so that means that we actually only have two weeks left, right? Um, we're going to be starting our new series in November, but Colossians 3 is where we're going to start. And if you either don't have a Bible or something, it's going to be on the screen, so don't worry about that. But while you guys are turning there, uh, I'd love to kind of ask you this question. Have you ever said something along the lines of, uh, I think I can do this, or I'm going to do this, or whatever it is, but then someone answers, or someone tells you, hey, prove it. And whatever it is, either you say something, it's like, I think I can uh, either lift more than you, I can get a better score than you on, whatever it is, and they just answer with, hey, prove it. Um, I was thinking and that there's even probably a better modern equivalent to prove it. And the, the modern equivalent, I actually said it 10 minutes ago, I think, to Ashton, is, uh, hey, you won't. Whatever it is, like, hey, I'm going to do this. And then they just answer, oh, you won't. Whatever it could be. Um, a lot of times it could be sports related. But what happened last year, I was at uh, this church, and they had this kind of breakfast deal, uh, deal going on. And all the food got... Uh, eaten or thrown away, and so all that was left was like this half a gallon of orange juice. And so we couldn't really just put it in the fridge because none of us were coming back, and none of us really wanted to throw it away either. And so I just kind of said, man, like, I could just drink it real quick. And there was a person with wisdom, and they said, no, like, if you do that, like, the amount of acidity that's in, like, a half a gallon of orange juice will, like, destroy your stomach. But my best friend, he said, you won't. And so then my masculinity was challenged, and so I said, you know what, we're going to do it. So I chug a half a gallon of orange juice, and then we had to walk from that building to then the building where our, the church service was going to be at. And that whole time, like, I kid you not, like, again, chugged a half gallon of orange juice, and I'm just walking like an Oompa Loompa to the church. And then we sit in the service, and we're, we're seeing we do all this stuff, and I'm sitting in the service, and I literally, I can feel, like, all 15 ulcers just forming in my gut. It was one of the worst stomach pains I've ever experienced from just drinking like a half a gallon of orange juice. And guys, like all of that was simply because I was like, man, I, I'll just, I'll drink it. And someone said, prove it. Or literally, you won't. And the reason why that I kind of say that is because you can literally talk a big game about anything. You could talk, you know, you could say, I think I'm better at you than this. Or um, I can do this or I would do this. But uh, this is kind of true about anything that someone told me this, that people will say what they think, but you will do what you believe. You can say anything, really. I mean, you can be like, oh, yeah, I think this is the best thing, or you can have a hot take on anything, but you will say what you think, but you will do what you believe. And I start there because over the last couple of weeks, as we've gone through this book of the Bible, we've kind of said, hey, this is what it means to follow Jesus. Every single week, be like, hey, this is what it means to follow Jesus. This is who Jesus is. This is what he did. This is our part in it. But now the question is, like, if someone was to ask you, like, hey, like, are you a Christian? And then you're like, sure. And someone was to say, hey, prove it. What would you do? Like, how, could, how would you prove or how would you show, how would you tell other people whether or not you actually are a Christian? Like, so here, let me ask you this, like, how do other people know if you're a Christian or not? And if someone was to ask you, like, hey, prove you're a, you're a Christian. Tell me, show me, how are you a Christian? What would you do? And so that's going to lead to uh, tonight's big idea. So the whole message summed up in one sentence of, of where tonight, where we're going and what God's word has for us is this. So that Christians 
obey their parents and work hard. Okay, that's it. Christians obey their parents and they work hard. And so we're going to see this in Colossians chapter 3. We're going to start at the end of verse 15. Um, We read some of it last week, but it really helps kind of pave the way for where we're reading tonight. So starting in verse 15, uh, at the very end, it says, hey, be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And then verse 17, and whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So the reason why we're starting there, even though we read this last week, is because in these three short verses, the word thanks or thankfulness or thanksgiving or something like that is mentioned three times. And this is important because God's going to tell us some spicy stuff. He's like, hey, now here's what you do. But I want to remind you, hey, remember, be thankful when you're doing this. And so verse 18, it continues, and it says, so wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Bondservants, um, other versions of their Bible will have either a word of slave or just kind of in this context, just to help kind of go through some cultural stuff. Just think like employee, okay? So bondservants, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters. Again, masters, just think boss. Not by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily. As for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. And then we're going to switch, and it says, verse 15, for the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong he has done, and there is no partiality. And then chapter 4 continues, says, masters, uh, treat your bondservants justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. Now, this is kind of the fun and the challenging part of doing student ministry stuff and going through a book of the Bible, okay? Because there's five different people that are mentioned here, like five different types of people. There's like a husband slash father, there's wives, there's children, there's employers and employees. The majority of us in the room are not wives or fathers or husbands or bosses. Just just the majority of us in the room. And so um, I I say this because like, we're gonna kind of talk about more specific like, what is the most applicable to us. But if you are like curious about all those other verses that say stuff, one, um, our church, Discover Church on Sunday mornings, we started a new series last week that we kind of, that we called uh, Man Up. And this is going to talk a little bit more about like husbands and wives stuff. And so if you are curious and you want to learn or one, you just want like a faith family to belong to and you want to come to church on a Sunday, like we would love to invite you to our church on Sunday. Um, it's not here, in, but you can talk to your small group leader about that if you need help with directions and stuff. But that's the first thing. The second thing when it comes to relationship stuff between husband and wife, I, I don't want to say that it's not important for us to know, right? Like, because you have to learn it somewhere. And it's way better to learn it before you get married than after you get married. And so what we're doing, uh, we've kind of hinted this with the uh, new series that we're going to do in November. But we're going to go through a series that we've called uh, Relationship Goals. And this isn't specifically talking about strictly like a dating relationship that is going to be in there. But we're going to talk about all kinds of relationships, relationship with your parents, relationship with your friends, and then in a dating relationship of like, hey, what should it look like? Like from God's word, like what does God say about it? 
And so I'm not saying that we're just going to skip over those things, but it's just for tonight, we're going to talk specifically about um, the, the children part and then also the, uh, the bond servant and the employees part. And so here's the first thing. Point number one, if you, if you take notes, is this, that Christians obey their parents. Christians obey their parents. Now, if you have gone to any church service ever in your life, you have probably heard this. Or if you have a parent, that they don't have to be remotely religious to, for them to still use this verse in some way. Like, this is one of the most churchy things ever to say that, hey, children, you should obey your parents. And so I want to kind of ask you this as we kind of get started. Like, do you struggle with obeying your parents? Because I know that not everyone in this room is going to struggle with that. Some people, it's just naturally easier than other people. But if you do struggle with obeying or listening to your parents, like, I want you to think for a second. Why? Why do you struggle with, like, with obeying or listening to your parents? And so tonight, as we're going through this, like, I just want to, like, point this out, like, really clear. When it talks about this in verse 20, it's saying, like, hey, children, obey your parents and everything for this pleases the Lord. And so this isn't a suggestion. This isn't a thing of being like, hey, like as long as they're good parents, you should really obey them or listen to them. Guys, like this is a command. This is saying like, hey, you do this. And I think what's wild is that in this, in, in our Bible, it mentions all these different things and it kind of mentions the thing that would be the hardest thing for them almost. And so it mentions like kids, it says, hey guys, like if you want to show other people that you are actually a Christian. You can show the world that you are a Christian by how you obey and listen to your parents. And that is what this is saying. Hey, you want to prove it? Seven says, hey, are you a Christian? And they were to ask you, how are you going to prove it? You can do it literally through obeying our parents. And so if you are a Christian, you kind of need to. And whatever they, they kind of ask, like when it comes to, and we'll, we'll talk more specifics about that later, but some things like if your parent asks you to take the trash, take the trash out. Guys, I, I am not being paid by your parents to say this. I'm literally, this, this is what God's word says. If your parent asks you, hey, sweep or mop or, hey, do some dishes, clean your room, do some chores, like whatever it is. Like if your parent asks you to do something, even if it's something like, hey, wash your siblings, as, as irritating as they can be at times. You need to listen to them. You need to obey them. Christians obey their parents. And if you don't do this, if you are like uh, your parent would, would tell me, be like, hey, this person does not listen to me. They don't obey me, whatever it is. Like if you, if you are in that boat where you don't obey or listen to your parents, like my genuine like thing that I would say to you is be like, man, like do you actually have a relationship with Jesus? Because like you really can't see this verse and be like, I'm going to ignore that one. I'm telling you, like, one of the evidences or the signs or the fruit or the proof of having a relationship with Jesus is by how you obey and listen to your parents. Now, there's two things that I'm not saying, okay? I am not saying that you have to enjoy obeying your parents. I'm not saying you have to look forward to obeying your parents. It just like you're sitting in your room, it's like, man, I can't wait till next time I can do this thing. <laughs> Send a picture. I'm not saying that at all. Like, that's, that's dumb. Like, I get it. I have parents, so I'm not telling you to do something that's, like, impossible. But what I am saying, though, is there's going to be times when your parents are going to tell you to do something where you're, and it's like, man, like, should I, like, I don't have the right heart attitude for this. Like, I don't want to do this. It's the same thing with any kind of discipline of, like, reading your Bible or praying, like, whether you enjoy it or not, 
do it. Like, like uh, Lydia told me this, like, or she was like, hey, like, whether you agree, like, like whether or not there's a level of agreeance or anything like that, that should not determine how much of your level of obedience is. Like, you should just do it anyway. So I'm not saying you got to enjoy it, but I am saying you should still do it. But the other thing I'm not saying is that in order to be a Christian, you have to obey your parents. Every single week, I make sure we, we make a point to tell this, that there is nowhere in the Bible where it says, in order to be a Christian, you have to do something. Like, you have to do something first before you follow Jesus. Nowhere. It's not in there. Every single time you see some kind of command in Scripture, it's always, hey, the evidence or the proof or the fruit that you are a Christian is doing this. Okay? Like, if you claim to have a faith in Jesus, this is how you'll see it. There's this place in James chapter 2, uh, verse 14, and I want to kind of, it helps explain this a little bit better. James 2, starting in verse 14, this is what it says. So what good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? And it drops down to verse 17. So you see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. Now, someone may argue, okay, some people have faith and others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. You say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God. Good for you. Even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Guys, here's what this is saying. Like, th this guy, James, who's writing this, he's like, guys, like, there's better demons, like, there are demons who are better Christians than Christians are. Because at least, like, they believe that God's real. Like, and at least, like, when they see God or however that whole thing works, like, they tremble in fear because they know how awesome and powerful he is. And some of us, whenever we see stuff, like, he does, it's like, eh, it's kind of no big deal. Guys, like, if you just have faith, but nothing happens from it, it may be a sign that you don't actually have a real, genuine faith. But again, I'm not saying that you have to do the good deeds or obey the parents in order to be a Christian. But I am saying that if you, if you just say you have the faith to believe in Jesus, but there isn't any actual proof or evidence from that, how, your, your faith is dead, is what the Bible says. So, question, do you obey your parents? And I started with this as, like, maybe you're in the room and you really don't struggle with this. Like, you're, that's just kind of a thing where just by God's grace, like, you just naturally are easy to obey, like, your parents. But think about, like, even broader than this, and maybe if you do even struggle with obeying your parents, like, go, go broader. What other areas of your life do you maybe have a, a struggle with what your, what your faith or what you believe in Jesus and, like, your words or actions, like, where those don't line up? If you are a Christian, what areas of your life right now uh, is, is there where your faith and your actions or your words or whatever it is, where they don't line up? It can be obeying your parents, but it can literally be way past or beyond that. And Paul, who's originally writing this in, in Colossians, he says elsewhere, he kind of literally makes it almost even worse. He says this in Ephesians chapter 6 in verse 1 and 2. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right, okay? So we kind of already covered this, but honor your father and mother, 
this is the first commandment of prophets. So I, I, I know personally growing up, I, I had an okay time with obeying my parents. Like I wasn't a super rebellious kid. But the reason why was because I knew if I didn't do whatever they said, I'd get whooped. Just really. I'd either get whooped or I'd get grounded. And so I was almost obedient by force. I was like, well, yeah, I'll, I'll, take the, I'll do the dishes if that means, like, you know, I'm not going to, you know, lose my car for, you know, a week or so. And guys, like, what's happening here is he, God is literally saying, like, hey, like, you obey your parents? Awesome. But do you honor them? Like, like for real, like, let me ask you this. Like, like in God's word, like, when it's, when it's mentioning this thing of, like, obey your parents, honor your parents. How do you know whether or not you're honoring your parent? Let me ask you this. Like, what do you say about your parents? Like, like behind, behind your back, like after they've told you to do this or whatever it is, and whenever they've said do this or do this or do this or do this, and you go hang out with your friends the next time you see them. Man, are you just throwing them under the bus? Are you just talking trash about them? Just being like, I, I can't believe they did this and they this and and man, like they they have no idea, they don't understand, like they like whatever it is. Like, do you honor your parents with your words, or do you just trash them with your words, like they've never experienced being obeyed? And this, what's wild about this is that this is the part that includes everyone in the room, because like realistically, right now, um, you know. I have left my parents' home, okay? Like in, in Genesis 2, it says when we were created, it said like the man and woman, they leave their families and they make, you know, literally a new family. Well, right now, if my dad like texted me or called me and said, hey, can you go take my trash out? I could kind of say no. I mean, really, I could be like, nah. I, I mean, I would probably follow the text up with, are you Okay. Like, did, did something happen? Are you physically unable to do this? Like, what's wrong? Why are you texting me? Like, I should take your trash out. Like, and this is what's wild is it's like, I necessarily, because I'm in my own family, like, I don't, I'm not under his leadership anymore because we have created our own new family now. However, there's nowhere in the Bible where it says that you're at a point, you reach a certain age, you create your own family enough to where you don't have to honor your parents anymore. Like, there's never an age, you don't reach a level of graduation where you don't have to honor your parents anymore. Like, I still have to honor my parents. And guys, like, if you are a Christian, you need to obey and you need to honor your parents. And honestly, if you're not even a Christian, that's just really a good rule of thumb to follow. Like, really, like, obey and honor your parents. You don't, that's, that's kind of a good thing to just do in general. Like, I remember growing up, I went over to a, a friend's house, and, and again, I kind of grew up with pretty conservative parents. They would, they would beat me if I got out of line. And I'm hanging out with him. His mom tells him to do something, and he just talks smack right back to her, cusses her out and everything. And it's like, leave me alone, mom, like does all this stuff. And I'm just sitting there like, be sleeping outside for a month easily if I'd said that to my mom. Oh, my word. And so I'm literally just like thinking, holy cow, I cannot believe you literally just did that. Guys, like, again, you don't have to be a Christian 
to know, like, if you, you've ever witnessed that before, it is the most unattractive, disgusting, horrible, like, evil thing, like, really, to see someone just, like, just talk mad smack to their family in front of them, like, and disrespect their parents. Like, that's just not, not an attractive thing. And so, guys, like, you should just do this in general, but if you're a Christian, especially, you get to show, you get to prove to other people that you are a Christian by how you honor and obey your parents. And you know this too, like you've seen it. If you've ever been to a friend's house or what would it look like if someone came over to your house and they saw your interaction with your parents and it was something that was the most honoring and obedient, like kind of life-giving thing, like they would ask questions. Or have you ever gone to a friend's house and like you see them and like it just looks like they have the perfect family because like everyone's super obedient and respectful to each other. Like that's wild. It makes you want to ask questions. And so guys, like that is what this is saying. You can prove and you can show other people that you are a Christian by how you honor and obey your parents. But there's another thing that you can do. And it's point number two, that Christians work hard. Christians work hard. We kind of mentioned this briefly last week that when it comes to worship, that literally everything can be worship. You can paint, you can lift weights, you can study, you can uh, like study homework, you can you know do whatever. And if you are doing it for God, it's worship. But here, like Paul, he's saying like, hey, I'm going to talk to the bond servants. I'm going to talk to the employees. And just like how like kids are supposed to obey their parents, like employees are supposed to obey their bosses. And that, what's wild is that also um, literally can be worship. You obeying your parent, you listening to your parent can be worship. And it is worship if you're doing it for God. And that's what it's saying here when it comes to employees. So uh, Colossians 3, verse 22, um, let's finish this up real quick. It says, bondservants, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, and not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, uh, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. Now, if you have a boss, like, and whatever it is, like, I, again, like, there's this weird transition period where I know, like, a lot of people have bo- uh, have jobs now, so you have a boss or, or whatever. But you can literally think of, like, a teacher at school, or you can still think about your parent if your parent asks you to do something. And what's wild, though, uh, I love this phrase in how the NLT kind of words it when it's saying, um, like, don't do stuff with eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart. The NLT says this. So please them, talking about your boss, so please them all the time and not just when they're watching you. Because, guys, like, you know this. Like, if you've ever, like, been at school and, like, the teacher stepped out of the room or you have a job and, again, like, your boss is, like, down the hallway or, or whatever, as soon as they're, like, if they're in front of you, man, you're working hard. You know, like, you're doing this. as like you're trying to, you know, like, make them, like, you know, like you or think more of you or something like that. But as soon as they're gone, on whatever you know clash of clans or whatever it is like on your phone like like that's just your thing as soon as they're gone because if the boss man's gone or boss lady's gone whoever it is there's not a real reason to work hard guys like i know for a fact that i struggle with this so much man like there's we have all these offices i can shut my door i can you know man like sometimes like my boss is in and out he's sometimes not even here and stuff and like Man, it's so easy to just hop on my phone and no one's watching. Guys, like, I struggle with this so bad. I had to put all the time limits on my phone. But what's so wild about that, you can just say ignore the limit and then you're good, right? 
So instead of doing that, what I did was we had to put the password on my phone, but then like my wife Lydia is the one who has the password for it. So literally, so like right now, there's like, find it, yeah. Like I'm out on Instagram for the day. I ran out of time because I used it all up. And so what's crazy is because I know if I'm by myself, no one's looking around, I'll run out of time. Like I will just be on my phone. I will be a bad employee. And this is what God's saying. Hey, guys, you have to work hard even when your boss isn't looking. Because God's like, really? (laughs) If no one's looking, like God is always looking. And this is the wildest part about this is that he's, he's literally saying, like, hey, guys, like, when you do whatever work it is at your job or at school, like, whatever it is, like, you have to do it literally almost as worship as, like, if you are doing it for God. And so if your boss tells you, hey, sweep him off the floor, or if you're told, hey, you need to take the trash out or count inventory or whatever it is, like, the Bible's saying, like, hey, you need to do even the most boring things as if you were doing it for God. And that's literally what you have to tell yourself, being like, hey, I'm, I'm doing this, even though I hate it, I'm doing this because I'm going to do this for God. And if that is literally what we define as worship, then that is the crazy thing. That will change your whole outlook on how you spend your day. And guys, like, here, here's the other thing, too. If you're doing the thing, if you're asked to do the thing that you hate, and you're going to do it for God, even though you hate it, you should do it good as well. I don't know if that's what God has. We'll figure that out later. But you should do it to the absolute most, the most excellent way possible. So if you're, like, if you're told, hey, you need to sweep the floor, if you're doing it for God, don't miss any spots. Because if you're doing it for God, God deserves nothing but the best. If you're doing dishes, there should never be a time when you're like looking at a dish and be like, eh, that's okay, not sure there's like all this stuff on here but it's fine if you're doing it for god you almost have this mindset while you're doing the dishes of like man like i have to literally almost imagine like jesus is the one who uses this dish best like i don't want him to have a dirty dish like i want to do absolutely everything as if jesus is going to be the one who's literally watching if it's for jesus and that is the wildest part but friends i kind of mentioned this before when we talked about um the limits or so is because the question is, like, what happens if your boss or if your parent tells you to do something that's just wrong or illegal or sinful or just even, I hate to say, like, in this day and age, like, what if they just tell you to do something that's not biblical? Because the Bible says, hey, you should do this, but, like, what? how do we know? Like, what's the line? And, guys, like, this is why it says, like, hey, you work for God first, and then everything else after that happens. And so there will never be a time where God is like being like, hey, I I can excuse you to sin because your boss told you to do it. No, like this is the thing. Like we have to follow and listen to God first and then our earthly uh, employer or parent or anything like that, that can follow. Um, Acts 5, uh, the end of verse 29, it says this, we must obey God rather than men. Now, part of obeying God is listening to your parents, but if they are saying, hey, you need to do this, and it's legal and appropriate and Christian, like, you have permission from God to not do that. But really, though, like, does this happen? Yes. But it really doesn't happen as often as, like, we really want to give it credit for. 
really, most of the time, the reason why we don't want to do something or we don't want to listen to our parent or something like that is really because of two things. One, either we're lazy, or two, we just hate the time. Really, we don't want to take the trash out or or watch a sibling or, or whatever it is because we're lazy or it's just bad timing. So friends, like, if you are told to do something, you should do it. I understand it's really inconvenient or it's just obnoxious or it's miserable. Like, it doesn't matter. If it's not a sin, you should do it. Or let me go a step further for all the people who, like, play games and, like, like uh, like they're playing live and they're doing matches and stuff. How many people that don't wreck yourself out, your parent asks you, hey, can you do this? And you tell them, yeah, in a second. I'm in the middle of a match or whatever it is. You say, you know, you're, you're justifying why you don't want to obey. You're saying, like, hey, I would rather do what I want to do because I like my timing better than obeying. Guys, like, and if we're doing this for God, then what you're saying in that moment is you're being like, hey, I would rather do what I want to do than obey God. And guys, like, we have to obey your, our parents. We have to honor our parents. Don't be lazy. Be the hardest working employee you can. When you're, when you're cleaning stuff, when you're doing stuff, do it to the absolute best ability that you can. Because remember, we are doing all of this for God. We're obeying our parents for God. We're honoring our parents for God. We're doing dishes, taking trash out, whatever it is for God. But I'm going to say this, that it is actually impossible to do all of this and not be selfish if you're not a Christian. Like, I'll, I'll say it like this. If you are not a Christian right now, if you are not a Christian, you are a slave to selfishness. And so what that means is you can't honor your parents or you can't obey your parents or you can't do whatever, you know, you can't do all these good things without there being a selfish motive. And this is the wildest thing. This is one of the things that totally have, has changed um, how I've interacted with people is like, if you are not a follower of Jesus, there is not a single thing you can do for anyone else. Like, you can do good things. I'm not saying you can't do good things. I'm like helping old ladies across the street or even going to church or, you know, giving money to the homeless person on the street corner, whatever it is. Like, you can do good things, but why do you do it? Because you're a slave to selfishness. You want to feel good about doing it. Even the best things possible. Like, we are, apart from Jesus, a slave to selfishness. And so, what happens, though, is that once you become a Christian, then you have this freedom to then, like, choose. You now, every single day, with every single action, but literally every single morning, you get to choose. Am I going to worship myself? Am I going to follow myself? Am I going to do what I want to do, or am I going to follow God? And that's it. Every single day, every decision, am I going to worship or please myself, am I going to, or am I going to worship and please God? So then that should make you think then, if you're, if you're not a Christian, why on earth would you want to be one? Really? Like, why would you want to be a Christian? You're literally saying, like, I'm telling you, every single day, every single decision, Christians should do everything for Jesus. So why would I want to do that? 
What's the point? And, like, if you've ever even wondered that, because if this is what, like, biblical Christianity is, how in the world can there be a room full of people who are all kind of committed to doing this together? Why would anyone want to be a Christian if it means, hey, you surrender your life to Jesus, and, and from that moment on, like, all of your life, all of your actions, all of your words, all of your deeds should be pointed towards Jesus and following Jesus and loving Jesus and in loving other people. What's the point? And friends, this is why. This is why. You, you can't miss it. You can't skip it. Because the people who are following after Jesus, they, they, ha- they understand this truth, that they are more hopelessly lost than they could have ever imagined. Like we are more sinful than we ever could have imagined. We, every single time we sin, we do something like as rebellion against our God, against our creator. Every time we do something like that, we are racking up debt. Racking up debt nonstop, but we're racking up that debt against literally the most perfect and holy and all-powerful creator of the entire universe. We are hopelessly lost. This is what it says in verse 25 of Colossians. The wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong. There is no partiality. God's not up there picking favorites, seeing who's he going to punish and who's he not. This is what it's saying. It's being like, hey, every single wrong thing you have ever done, God is going to be just. He's going to make sure that that is punished. And that is the worst news that anyone could hear. But then that's where the whole thing called the gospel comes in, because the gospel literally means good news. And the good news is, hey, even though that you are way more in debt than you could ever imagine, Jesus, God in the flesh, what this whole book is about, what the whole Bible is about, what, what if you are a Christian, what our whole lives are all about is we believe that God sent Jesus to come to this earth, to live the, the perfect life that none of us could ever live. He did no wrong, ever. And he died. And he died as literally payment for our sins. Like the guy who had no debt decided to pay for it. And when he died on the cross, all of the eternal punishment with all, all the hell and everything like that, like he paid for it. And how we accept that forgiveness is through surrender. So why would anyone want to follow after Jesus? Because they genuinely believe that he really paid it all. All of our sin, past, present, and future, Jesus paid it. And if someone paid all of your debt, why wouldn't I want to follow him with everything? And this is the gospel. This is the one that we sing to. This is the one that we pray to. This is the one that we want to keep reading in our Bibles. This is the reason why we keep coming on a Wednesday night. Guys, there's so many other things you could be doing. But this is why people keep coming, because God is worth it. And if you have never experienced that forgiveness personally, you've never surrendered your life to Jesus personally, literally tonight can be the night. Talk to your small group leader about it. But if you are a Christian, guys, faith without works is dead. Let's go. Let's get to work. Let's show the world that we love God, that we are a follower of God, and let's show them through our works. Let me pray that we did. God, Thank you so much for for sending 
your perfect and holy and only son, Jesus, to die on the cross for us. I, I just ask and I pray, if there is someone in here that does not know you personally, would tonight be the night that they surrender their life to you as king, as Lord, as Savior? And God, for the Christians and to the believers listening right now, I pray that we would live like it. We would, we would be filled just like, we'd be just like all jacked up on the truth of the gospel to then go be obedient. Obedient to you and obedient to our parents and honoring to our parents. We would work hard. God, you're so worthy of everything.